Success in nearly everything in life requires perseverance. If you are in a sport and you want to succeed, you've got to put in the work. You've got to persevere through hard practices, through a coach yelling at you, through injury. Success in sports requires perseverance. Success in school requires perseverance, doesn't it? You can't just show up and sit in your desk and do whatever you want to do. You've got to do the homework. You've got to take the tests and, and do well at them. You've got to persevere through many, many years of school to graduate. School requires perseverance. Your job probably requires some perseverance, doesn't it? It's not always easy. Things aren't always just handed to you. Sometimes you are just left to figure things out on your own. Being successful at your job requires perseverance. Those of you who are married or have been married know that marriage requires perseverance, doesn't it? It doesn't come easy when you have two sinners living under the same roof. It's a lot of work. It's commitment. Marriage requires perseverance. Parenting requires perseverance, doesn't it? It's hard work to parent a child, to discipline them, to show them right from wrong, to lead them to repentance and then to Jesus. And that's hard work. Parenting requires perseverance. So many things in life, if we desire to be successful in them, require perseverance. And your discipleship is not any different. Your following Jesus as a disciple requires perseverance because it's a hard road. We're told to crucify our sinful flesh. We're told to forgive and be compassionate and be kind and to love as we have first been loved. We're called to fix our eyes on Jesus and on Jesus alone and not the things of this world that cannot give us what our souls really long for. Discipleship requires perseverance because the road is hard and it can feel long and difficult and full of challenges and trials. And that's why Paul was writing to these young Christians in Thessalonica in this letter we have before us this morning in our second lesson. It's on pages 10 and 11 of your service folder. Otherwise, if you want to open up the Pew Bible or your own Bible, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. And here we see Paul encouraging these young Christians to persevere. They're young in their faith because Paul was only able to be there maybe a couple of weeks with them to share the gospel with them, and then they had to flee. And so Paul writes back some letters. 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, to encourage these young Christians because they came to believe. The gospel worked in their hearts. They were disciples of the Lord Jesus, and they were on fire, but then the persecution came, and the trouble and the difficulty. Their lives were even in danger, and they were tempted to take their eyes off of Jesus and give up on this whole discipleship thing and their walk to heaven and say it's not worth it. That's why Paul writes to them and encourages them. And the reports that he's gotten back about them are good ones. They're encouraging ones, and so he's encouraged, encouraging them all the more. 
And here in this lesson, we hear different things that Paul is encouraging them to persevere in. There is, first of all, listen in verse 3. He says, We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. So the first thing that, that Paul encourages them to persevere in is in their faith. Continue to know Jesus Christ more and more. Persevere in that because there are so many enemies of Christ that want you to take your eyes off of him. We're not going to spend a lot of time in this point because you heard it all last week in our sermon about fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And if you weren't able to hear that sermon, go online and listen to it about persevering in our faith growing in our faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior, which means keeping our eyes fixed on him and not the things of this life. Continue to do that. Grow in that more and more and more. Your faith never stops growing. Your faith will never be perfected this side of heaven. Continue to grow in that faith more and more. And that, you've got to persevere in that. That's hard. Because it takes time. It takes effort. It says no to some things of this life so that you can have time to be in the word, to grow in your faith persevere in growing in your faith. And then Paul says, in addition to growing in your faith more and more, he says, you are also growing in the love that all of you have for one another. He says, it's increasing. Persevere in the love that you have for one another. It is increasing and let it continue to increase. And if you were here two weeks ago in this discipleship series, you heard about that. How our lives as Christians are all about being set free to serve, to show the love of Jesus to the world around us. That is what our lives are as Christians, to be the heart and the hands and the feet of Christ. That our love for one another may be evident in what we do and what we say. And that's hard. <laughs> because our natural inclination is to just love myself and serve myself and worry about myself and not to look out and see not only do I have a family that needs me, but I've got a church family that needs me. I've got a whole community that I can serve and show the love of Jesus to. Persevere in loving one another. Let that increase. Do that more and more. And then Paul says this. He says, therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. Paul says, not only do we persevere in faith and persevere in Christian love, but we persevere in our sufferings. Now, maybe you say, wait, what? <laughs> persevere in sufferings? What? It doesn't say avoid your sufferings. It doesn't say do everything you can to get out of suffering because that's our natural inclination, isn't it? I mean, that's the way our minds think, right? I, I don't want to suffer. I want to avoid suffering at all costs. That's not what Paul is saying. He says persevere in it. Persevere in that suffering because this life is one of suffering. It's just a fact. We suffer because we're sinners living in a sinful world. We suffer in sickness and pain of body and mind. 
We go through these sufferings in this life because that's what this life is. It's one of suffering. And it was the same for Jesus. You know that, right? Isaiah 53, written 700 years before he even came, prophesied that he would be a man of suffering, one who was familiar with pain. Suffering is a part of this earthly life, living in a sinful world. But, but even there's an extra level or layer of suffering for a Christian too, isn't there? Because when we are disciples of the Lord Jesus, when we follow him faithfully with our eyes fixed on him and let go of everything else that isn't as important as him, you will probably suffer for that. You may lose a job because you won't be dishonest or lie or steal. You may have less money in your pocket because you know that that money isn't just for you, it's been given to you to serve others, to give generously. You may have to end a relationship with a friend or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or maybe even a family member because they are getting in the way between you and your relationship with Jesus. We suffer because we live in a sinful world, but we also suffer because we're Christians, because we follow Christ. And that way is hard. And Paul encourages these Thessalonian Christians and he encourages you, Christians, to persevere in that suffering. Not to avoid it at all costs. Not to even wear it as a badge of honor and look, say, look how much I suffer, but to persevere in it. Because it's going to be there. In your life, in this world, and in your life as a Christian. Paul goes on to say what this all results in. He says, when we persevere in faith and we persevere in love and we persevere in our suffering, he says, all of this, all of this perseverance is evidence that God's judgment is right. And what is God's judgment? That as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. Persevering means that God judges you to be counted worthy of his kingdom to be one of his people, to be a member of his family, to be a disciple of Jesus. Counted worthy by our perseverance. Maybe you hear that and that brings a sinking feeling to your heart. Because you look at your track record of perseverance and it's not so good certainly doesn't seem to be like the Thessalonians because Paul's writing to them and saying, we've heard good reports and, and continue in this more and more. Let it continue to increase. You're suffering and you're enduring these trials and we're telling everybody about it. And maybe you'd say, Paul, you would never write that to me because I look at my life and what do I see? I don't see much growing in faith. I don't see much love for others and Boy, suffering, I'm, I'm doing my best to avoid it. Maybe you haven't been taking the time to grow in your faith, 
to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus more and more and more. Maybe you've let, let the things of this life crowd him out and all of these other things in this world have become way more important to you than him. And your faith is weak. And your faith feels like it's failing. And you're just trying to hold on. Hey, maybe you look at your life and you say, man, I, 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 yeah, I love my family and I take care of them, but, but love for others? don't have time for it. Don't have the energy for it. Maybe, maybe I don't even have the will for it. That love, that love is waning. That love is lacking. It's not increasing. And maybe that's suffering in life. You're either avoiding it or you're, or you're wearing it as this badge of honor. Or maybe, maybe even worse, you're blaming God for it. And you're complaining about it and you're wallowing in it. Not persevering in it. Growing, increasing, persevering. Paul, maybe you can say that about these Thessalonian Christians, but you wouldn't say that about me. Counted worthy of the kingdom of God? Where does that leave me? And if that's how you feel, dear Christian, if that's how you're feeling today, then there's good news for you. Listen to what Paul says as he goes on. He says in verse 11, With this in mind, we constantly pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling, and that by his power he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. Friends, the perseverance that God gives comes from him. God himself makes you worthy of his calling. And how does he do that? Look to Christ. Look to the one who is worthy for you. Look to the one who in his earthly life perfectly obeyed his Father's will, had perfect faith every moment of his life for you. Look to the one who makes you worthy, Christ, whose love for the world, for every sinner, never ever waned or lacked or wavered, but led him all the way to a cross, led him all the way to death so that you could see the extent of his love so that you could know his forgiveness, so that you could taste his peace, so that you could have the joy of salvation. Look to the one who makes you worthy, the one who suffered, who suffered not only living in a sinful world, but well beyond, suffered for the sins of you and the entire world, suffering hell itself, not avoiding it, not wearing it as a badge of honor, not complaining about it or getting angry at God, but persevering in it because he knew what was at the end, you. And your righteousness. And your eternal life with him. Look to God who makes you worthy in Christ Jesus to be called to be very, his very own. 
that in the waters of your baptism that you were called into his family, draped in the robes of righteousness of Christ, his holiness. You were called to be his very own. You were called to belong to him and to live for him and called to be his disciple, to follow with the perseverance and now God gives you. Because not only does he call you, but he strengthens you and he equips you to be able to follow, to persevere on this road of discipleship. Listen again, it's God's power that brings to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. Even the desire to want to do good comes from God. The ability to do good deeds that show love and faith are prompted by God right here in word and sacrament. God the Holy Spirit comes with his power to give you the desire and the ability to believe and to live in love and to suffer, to persevere with the strength that only he can give. And what's the result of all this? What is this all leading to? What's the point of, of walking this hard road? What's the point of discipleship and, and holding fast to Jesus Christ as he is holding fast to me? It's a perseverance that results in Jesus being glorified in you. Listen to what he says. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. As you live your life in the perseverance that God gives, Jesus Christ is glorified. He is magnified. His work for you in the past and in the present is made known to the world. Jesus Christ is glorified in you as you continue to walk that road of discipleship with perseverance that he gives you. And then, also it says that you may be glorified in him. At the end of all this, the goal of all of this discipleship is to be with Jesus. That we will be in his glory. That we will be glorified in him and with him in our eternal life in heaven. We know where Jesus is leading us. We know the way is hard and difficult, but yet we know where the perseverance to keep on keeping on comes from. It's from him who says that someday you'll be glorified with me. This is the end result of what we're looking forward to. For Jesus to be glorified in us and through us and someday to be glorified in him and with him. Discipleship requires perseverance. In just a few minutes, there are going to be four people coming and standing up in front of this altar to be confirmed in their Christian faith. And for many of you, this, this happened, maybe just recently or many, many years in the past, but if that happened to you, you remember that day. And you remember what you said you would do when you stood in front of an altar as you were confirmed. 
And for the four who are being confirmed today, do you know what you are saying you're going to do? Let me, let me just read for you so that there are no, no questions here. There's going to be some questions that you answer. These are the last two questions. Do you intend to continue steadfast in this teaching and to endure all things, even death, rather than fall away from it? And then the last question, do you intend faithfully to conform your life to the teachings of God's word, to be faithful in the use of word and sacrament and faith and action and remain true to God as long as you live? I, I don't want any of our confirmants to get up and leave right now, but that's a scary thing if you think about it, right? The commitment and the promise you're making before God and before this congregation. But let me tell you what your answer will be. The answer is I do to both of those questions. I do and I ask God to help me. <laughs> because without that help, without his power, without his perseverance given to us, we can't do it. We will fail. We will not endure. We will not be able to faithfully conform our life to God's word and be faithful and live a life that's true in action and word and deed. But with the help of God, it most certainly can be done. In the forgiveness of God, it will most certainly be done. Discipleship requires perseverance. Perseverance that God himself gives. Yes, the, the, the road is long. The road is hard. This discipleship thing is, is, is not a cakewalk. It's hard being a disciple of Jesus. But we have the strength that he promises. A strength that only comes from one source. From God and his grace. And that's the bookends of this, of this little section from 2 Thessalonians we have. You go back to the beginning, verse 2. He says to the Thessalonians, he says to you, grace and peace to you from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And at verse 12, in all of this, all that he does for you is according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all grace, friends, from start to finish. It's all grace. The fact that you were called, the fact that you were made his very own, washed clean of your sins, given the gift of faith, made a disciple of Jesus, that the promise of heaven is waiting for you, and that there's strength and perseverance for you from God every step of the way until we get there. It's all grace. It's all God. And it's all for you. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.